All right, I'm going to ask you to do two things. The first thing is I'm going to ask you to stand up. Okay, stand up. We're going to read the scripture here in just a moment, so that's why I'm standing you up uh, for the gospel reading. But the other thing that I want to ask you to do is, what is the name of this service? Connections. This service is about connecting. Connecting with God in worship, in His Word, and also connecting with other people. So I'm going to ask you to step across the aisles, connect with someone, let them know that you're glad that you are glad they are here. I'm glad you're here. Now let's connect for for one minute. Do it. All right, as you guys start wrapping up, I know there are probably a lot of people here that you uh, haven't had a chance to speak to this morning. Make sure you do that before you leave today. All right, remain on your feet for the reading of the gospel. All right. Awesome. Thank you for connecting with each other. Now let us connect our hearts as we open them up to the Word of God. Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 2. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up to a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you so much for your word that comes to us today. May it water thirsty souls. May it speak life into dead places. And may it increase our faith in you and what you can do in a surrendered life. Thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. High places. You know, in the Bible, there's a number of high places that are talked about. Generally, they're up on mountains. They're places where people build altars. They they build little uh, sites where people worship. They are places where people go to encounter the presence of God. And in the story that we just read, Jesus is taking three of his disciples. Uh, They are the inner circle. It's Peter, who is sort of like the de facto leader of the twelve. And then they're the sons of thunder, James and John. And they go with Jesus up on this mountain that we call the Mount of Transfiguration. We don't really know where it was uh, particularly, but last week where we left off, uh, Jesus was in Caesarea Philippi, which is up near Mount Hermon, which is one of the tallest mountains in Syria and Israel in that area. Uh, When you go there, you'll find snow up there. 
And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful mountain. Maybe this is where Jesus takes the disciples. Um, but they go up there to this high place. And, you know, it's a place where uh, something miraculous happens. Jesus is transfigured. He is transformed. And the disciples are able to see him in a new way. You know, someone once said that it's as though what was on the inside of Jesus gets turned out and revealed to the disciples. They see His divinity. They see the glory that is on the inside of Him being displayed for them to see. And it builds up their faith. And you know, all of this is on the mountain. It takes place there. There, there are wonderful places that uh, I have visited. Mountains, you know, in the Rockies and the Smokies and different places around um, and one of the things that always gets me about mountains is when we go up there, we're able to see the world from a different perspective. We're able to see the beauty and the majesty of the Lord, the, of His creation. And I think that's why they're so special to us. Is they show us the beauty of the earth, but more importantly, they reveal to us the majesty of our Creator who created it all. And so there are always special places in the Bible. And so, as Jesus goes up with his disciples, they encounter two people on this mountain. Who shows up with Jesus? Elijah and Moses, right? These two guys. So these two great prophets from the Old Testament. They are towering figures in our Bibles. None is more uh, greater than Moses. Now, when you think about Moses in uh, what he... Uh, gave to us it, the Ten Commandments, the Law, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, are, uh, we believe, given to us by this man Moses. He is the father of the faith, of the Jewish faith, and, and even our Christian faith runs back deep into the roots of Moses and his, fam uh, and his uh, teachings and, and all of that. So he's a very important figure. Now, there's a text that we find in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, that I find is very interesting. It intrigues me because it connects to this passage that we have here in Mark. And so I want to mention it to you in the context of this reading from Mark's gospel. Listen to what Moses says here. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. Your fellow Israelites, you must listen to him. You must listen to him. Now why this passage is so interesting is because who gives it to us? You know, the whole book of Deuteronomy is these speeches that Moses gives to the Israelites before they go into the promised land. So there's a series of speeches and, and right there in the middle, Moses, this great leader of the Israelite people, he says to them, hey guys, there's going to come another prophet whose words I want you to listen to. And we're like, wait a minute, Moses, don't you get the final word? Isn't your word elevated to the supreme level of authority? I mean, when you think about it, his word should, because Moses is the one that God appears to in the burning bush and speaks to. 
Moses is the one who leads the Israelites out of Egypt into the desert to the to Mount Sinai. And Moses is the one that goes up on the mountain and God gives him the Ten Commandments, speaks the law to him. Moses is the one that gives them the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy that teaches them how to live as God's people. Moses is the spokesperson. He is the authority. And yet Moses seems to be telling us that there is somebody coming after him that will be greater. Whose voice we need to listen to. Now, when, when I was ordained uh, back in, I think it was 2008, so it's been a little while. But I was ordained by Bishop Hope Morgan Ward at Christ United Methodist Church. That's where we had our conference that year. And when I was ordained, I was given a piece of paper. And on that paper was a lineage of ordinations. It connected my ordination through Bishop Hope Morgan Ward all the way back to John Wesley. And I'm sure if we could go back and look at John Wesley's ordination credentials, you might just be able to get all the way back to Peter. That is amazing, isn't it? When you think about that kind of lineage. When we think about Moses, the Israelite people, the rabbis, when they would teach, they would say, Rabbi so-and-so taught me this. And Rabbi this or that taught him, who taught him, and they would go back, 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 all the way to Moses. You see, he was the authority that everybody connected to. All the rabbis, they wanted to connect their teachings back to this patriarch of faith who got his message directly from God. But now Moses says, there's one who's coming who is greater than me who I want you to listen to. And what this statement from Moses does is it points the Jewish people forward in history to this text we have today. To the very words that we hear spoken in this text. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. You see, all of history, beginning way back with the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were there, and all the possibilities of, of life and, and, and living in this beautiful creation of God was laid out there before them. Think about the mouth of a funnel. It, all the possibilities. And then as we move from the garden down through human history, we see a funnel effect take place. Humanity spirals out of control, into the chaos and darkness of sin until we come to this singular point in history with the birth of Christ. It all focuses right here on Jesus. And then when we move out from Jesus, it's like the funnel begins to open up again and all of the hope and the possibilities of life are laid out ahead of us out into the future. But Jesus is the focal point. He is the center of all of this. Everything is moving towards Him and everything afterwards is moving out because of Him and because of who He is. 
So we know that in this story, uh, Moses and Elijah, they're great. They're fine. We, we know the, the contributions that they've made to our faith, the foundations that have been laid. But Jesus alone is the radiant one. Jesus alone is the one who gives us purpose. Jesus alone is the authority upon which we build our lives. It's all based on Jesus. He is the foundation. And as Paul says, He is the cornerstone. His Word has ultimate authority in our lives. The Word of God, the words that Christ speak, the red letter words of the Bible, y'all, is the greatest authority from God that we have. Jesus. And this is what Mark wants us to see. And that brings us to this next point in this passage. Where the Father's voice speaks to Jesus. And what does that voice say? This is my beloved Son. This. This one here. Jesus is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Listen to His words. Now if we bounce back into that text we had last week, Jesus is trying to teach His disciples. He's trying to tell them about who He is and why He's come. You remember the first prediction passage that we have in chapter 8 where Jesus says, hey guys, we're going to Jerusalem. When we get there, I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be crucified. But hold on, three days I will rise from the dead. And they don't get it. They're like, that's not how the story is supposed to go. Jesus, surely that's not going to happen to you. But Jesus says, oh yes, He will predict two more times that this is going to happen when He gets there. He's trying to tell them. He's trying to speak clarity about why He's come. What His mission is. But, you know, hello, McFly. <laughs> Back to the future reference. They're having a McFly moment. They're not getting it. They're hard-headed. It takes a while to get through. But again, here, we come to this pinnacle moment on the mountain. And the Father speaks. Hey, listen to Him. Listen to what He's trying to tell you. And what does Peter do immediately when all of this, you know, transcendent glory is erupting on the mountain? There's these pyrotechnists, there's Jesus with clothes that are whiter than any human could ever get clothes. Peter's like, Lord, you know, it's good for us to be here. How about, let's do this. I'm going to build a tent for you, I'll build one for Elijah, and I'll build one for Moses, and we're just going to retreat up here for a little while. We're going to just have camp. I'm like, amen to that. I love some good camp. Uh, I love tent meetings. I love all of that stuff. And, and so does Peter here as well. And he's saying, this is what we need to do. But you know, as I think about Peter, doesn't that explain us so well? We're so good at trying to do stuff and say stuff that we don't listen. We don't listen very well. You know, when God's presence invades our here and now, it, it is a moment where we say it is good. It is good to be in this place. It is good for us to experience God in this way. 
And I've been to meetings like that before. You know, I, I'm going to let you all into a little insight about me. I like some arena worship. You know, send me to Passion Conference. Send me to some place like that. I love being in a place with 20,000 other people singing and worshiping God. And if you've been in places like that, then you know it's like heaven and earth are getting real close in those places. It's like being a part of that heavenly chorus in the book of Revelation. And I love it. And I just want to stay there. You know, I just want to be in that place. It is good. It is good for us to be there. And it can also be a little bit terrifying sometimes when we're in the Lord's presence. You know, it gives us a tremendous sense of our own sinfulness and unworthiness in those moments. But you know, when I think about those spaces, you know, it's easy for us to get caught up in all of the activity and all of the... the uh, the things that are happening around us that we don't get still and quiet enough so that we can listen. You know, I love just being able to sit. You know, the last song we were singing a moment ago, I was just sitting there. I was just listening. Yesterday, I was driving my car down to Hattiesburg. Uh, Caroline, my daughter, was in a dance competition down there, and some others from the church have been down there too this weekend. Um, but on the way down yesterday morning, you know, I put on some praise music. I listened to a couple of podcasts, and, and I just had a moment where, you know, normally when I'm driving, I like to, to jam out to, you know, like Red Hot Chili Peppers or some stuff like that. Oh, y'all didn't think that, did you? Surprise. Uh, but I love li listening to Lithium and, and all of that stuff on, on XM Radio. And, and, and when I do, I get to jamming and, and having a good time, but... My brain goes a thousand directions. But yesterday I'm like, the Lord just said, you need to be, just be still a moment. Just be quiet. Even though you're driving, just receive. And, and I did. And it was such a blessing to my heart. You know, we need those moments in our lives where we're listening. Being still. Rather than speaking. And so often when we come to Jesus, we just do all the talking. We're just like little chatterboxes. And if we'd get still, we'd hear the Lord say, Hey, rest, listen. And that's when we really get pulled in to that deep place of fellowship and enjoying His presence. And I don't know about you, but I need more of that in my life right now. I need that. I need that more than anything else. And you know, here's the Father in this passage just, man, just smacking us today with this, listen to Him. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the Word of God. And you know, the good news is He wouldn't have told us to listen if He didn't have something to say to us. And I believe that God wants to speak into our lives he wants to speak to us. But are you listening? Let me ask you a question. Did anyone teach you how to listen? No. Right? It's a natural thing, just like breathing. 
you don't have to learn to listen. You have to learn to speak. But you don't have to learn to listen. And I think this, this idea about listening to the Word of God is one of the most basic, fundamental things to faith. It's not Christianity, you know, 404. It's not advanced discipleship. It's basic. Listening is as basic to faith as anything else. The Word of God is the foundation stone upon which we grow in our discipleship. You know, the Bible says that, you know, that our faith is built by listening, by hearing. And what do we hear or listen to? The Word of God. This is what builds up our faith. Now, Lent invites us into a time of, of real intense spiritual discipleship. Lent starts on Wednesday. As Katie mentioned a few moments ago, we have our Ash Wednesday service at 6 o'clock in the sanctuary. Kicks off the Lenten season. And, you know, we take on a lot of different disciplines. We fast from things. Maybe we take on devotional practices. We pick up a, a book and we have some great devotional resources if you need those uh, during the Lenten season. But, you know, there's nothing that we can do greater than just getting in the Word of God during the season of Lent. And when we do that, what we find when we fast and give up other things, like one of the practices that, that I love to do is when I do fast, like I'll give up, I'll do a whole meal. I'll just give up that meal for the day. And sometimes I'll go to the chapel, or sometimes when I'm at home, I just sit and have devotion time. I read God's Word. And by giving up things, I'm creating space. I'm making room for something that I need more than food and water. Which is God. <laughs> I need God. And fasting and, and entering into Lent by taking on spiritual practices helps to nurture us. Helps to feed us spiritually. And so I am just praying that as we go through this Lenten season, you know, our church is in this place of discernment again. And y'all, we need to hear from God more than anything else. We need God to speak to us. To give us clarity about our future and our focus as His people. And so reading the Word of God helps us to tune ourselves in to the voice of the Lord. And I want to encourage you to do that. Are you listening? Now, today is Super Bowl Sunday. Kickoff's around 5.30. So, uh, we're going to enjoy the game. We're going to watch. We're going to see who wins. You know, the Chiefs is still the Chiefs. Just remember that. <laughs> okay? Until somebody kicks them off, they still the Chiefs. So, uh, I'm pulling for the Chiefs. I love, you know, all the connections to Mississippi. I went to school, the same school Chris Jones went to. Houston High School. That's right, Chris Jones, that great defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I have a connection there with him. Ran into him, that dude, in the hospital one day in Tupelo. This was after he went pro. I was walking in to visit somebody, and I see this massive human being. <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow, that's Chris Jones. I didn't speak to him. I'm not one of those kind, but, uh, but he is great uh, great young man and 
has done a lot of good with his success. But you know, during the Super Bowl, one of the things that we, that we love to, to listen and watch for are the commercials, right? A 30-second ad in the Super Bowl costs $7 million. So do the math on that today. Every time you see one of those 30-second ads, somebody wrote a $7 million check to CBS. <laughs> and you know, those companies are spending all of this money in advertising they are trying to get our attention. They are speaking. Their voices are shouting at us. Hey, pay attention to our company. Hey, buy our products. You can't live without them. They're shouting at us. And y'all, so much of our world is that way today. There are all these voices that are just shouting at us. Telling us things. And it's so easy to listen to those voices. You know, those voices will lead us in a lot of directions. They'll say, hey, listen to your desires. Follow them. Go after it. You know, those, those voices, they shout out. Those, there are voices that, that I re have heard throughout my life. Sometimes those voices are internal. Like one of the voices that, that I used to hear as a teenager a lot was, you aren't good enough. You aren't good enough. I've also heard the voice inside of me say, you are ruined because of your past mistakes. Y'all, those voices, they speak. They speak at us. But I want you to know today that there is a Lord there is a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And He has a different message. He may, those voices that you hear may say, you're not good enough, you're not beautiful enough, your life has no purpose other than happiness. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus has a different message for you. His voice says to you, I died for you. I shed my blood for you. You are good enough. It is good enough. You can be forgiven. The voice that says you're ruined, Jesus says, hey, come be something new. And I'm glad I listened to that voice because it's what got me here today. When I would say to God, I'm not worthy, Lord. I can't do that, Lord. I can't speak. I can't get in front of people. I'm shy. I am an introvert to the nth degree. You know, I have to go like away after these services and, and just recharge a little bit. <laughs> but I'm able to do it because I know the Lord is with me. I hear His voice say to me, Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. When I think that I am too weak, the Lord says, I am strong. When I hear a voice saying that, 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 that I'm not loved, I hear God speaking over me, you are my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. So I just want to remind you guys today that God has something to say to you. Are you listening? Will you get in His Word? Will you make the Scriptures the authority upon which you build your life? If you do, I can assure you it is a sure foundation. It will not fail you. It will hold you up in the storms of life. 
And when the winds and the waves, they batter you, you will be able to stand firm. Because it's not based on anything that you have done, but on everything that Christ has done. It is based on the authority of who He is. Moses says there's one coming that's greater. That's greater. Listen to Him. His authority is supreme. Who in the world is greater than Moses? Who has greater authority than Moses? Jesus. Jesus. The one who appeared to Moses face to face. God. God. So may we have a hunger and a thirst for God. And for His Word in this season together. Van, would you come forward? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you speak truth to our lives. That we are loved. That we are worthy. That we have purpose. And that we are good enough. God, I pray that these, these affirmations and so many more that we read in scriptures, I pray, Lord, that you would speak over your people today. And for those, Lord, that have come in here today that have had all these other voices trying to speak and influence their lives, I pray, God, that you would help them to turn to your word and make that the foundation and the cornerstone of their life. Lord, you are worthy for us to build our life upon the person that you are. Lord, help us to listen to you. Help us to surrender our hearts to your word. Lord, we surrender to you. And we know that when we place our faith and our trust in you, that you will never let us down. I pray, Lord, as we begin to maybe reroot ourselves in the Holy Scriptures, that it would just be like a flood of fresh water to our souls to give us life. We ask this in your holy name.